She's a best-selling author and life coach, obsessed with helping women to silence their insecurities, build healthy boundaries, and fearlessly pursue the life and career of their dreams. Join her as she provides you with strategies and real-life tips to create your best life. Welcome to Fearless Fridays with Marianne. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Fearless Fridays with Marianne. I am your host, Marianne Rivera Dannert, known as a fearless living coach. And it has been a while since I have released any new episodes, but it's with good reason. I have recently launched um, my new anthology project called What is Fearless Living, where myself and 24 other amazing souls said yes and have answered that very question. What is fearless living? So the next um, several episodes that you are going to be hearing on the podcast are an introduction to the authors so you can get to know them and connect with them. And as always, we are here to inspire, empower, and motivate you to live a fearless life. So without further ado, let's get started with our first guest. Hi, how are you? I'm okay. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. So basically, we're just going to get started. So tell the audience, who are you and a little bit about yourself? Okay, audience. My name is Latoya Haley Haynes, and I am a family and relationships coach. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So first question for you is, why do you think people are not living life on their terms? Oh, I think with the influence of our culture, the things that we're seeing on the news and just the pressure that we have within our family holds us back from really living the way that we think we should be living. Can you go a little bit deeper into that? Like, so what are some of the things that hold people back, particularly women? Okay, so when it comes to women, one, we have the stigma of what a woman should be and how a woman should hold herself. So anything that a woman does that counteracts what society has put in place that we do, that's something that holds us back. Once you get into a relationship um, with your spouse and they have their expectations of the wife um, or the mother, that holds us back. When you start transitioning and going through all these different phases within your life and you're um, trying to meet what that should look like, then that also holds you back. It's like as women, we begin to lose ourselves within the transitions. That's powerful. That's powerful. So let's talk a little bit about mental health. And what would you say are some habits that you personally take to ensure that you have a healthy mental health um, routine and that you're taking care of yourself, especially wearing so many different hats? Okay, so one of the first things that I do, um, I am a child of God first. Faith is my must. Um, so I have my prayer closet. I have my time that I go and I spend with God. And in order for me to kind of guard that time, I have a little sign that I put on the outside of the door for my kids to know, hey, mommy's in here right now. I need a little bit more time just so I can be in a good place with him. My other thing that I do, if you look behind me, let's see this way. Yeah. You see my four little drawings? Um, well, I didn't draw them. I actually just painted them. But painting is something that I do for self-care. It's just a way for me to relax and just go for it. Go outside the line, go inside the line, sometimes leave stuff white. Um, no expectations there. I just get to be me. Doing things like that and then kind of just stealing away from myself is how I take care of me. 
Well, well don't, don't start with this. this oh, 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 oh. Thank you. <laughs> What would, what, you would you say, say, what would you say is one of the hard, hardest challenges that you have had to overcome in life? And what were some of the things that, some of the tools that you incorporated to overcome those challenges? Oh, okay, honey, just to pick one. Okay. Mm. I would think like my first hardest challenge that I had to overcome was me figuring out who I was. Um, so I'm the oldest. Um, I've always been the strong one, never cried as a kid because, you know, you didn't have that. Had to watch my cousins and my sister, you know, all of those great things. And then uh, growing up in a time where people always question, well, you're this hard woman, so you always have to be hard. So anytime something did happen or I did express something, it just threw everybody off. And so I lost myself in that. Um, so being able to, well, God forced me to see that that was a problem. So I had a big panic attack one day. Um, and so from that panic attack, I began to actually sit down and, and write out a list of what were people expecting me to do and what is it that I really myself wanted to do, what direction I wanted to head into. So that was the first part of mental health was actually being aware and recognizing that, hey, this is really going on. This is a real thing. Um, it's not normal. <laughs> And, and that I need to have a plan in place. So I started to put things into action. So that was one of the first things that I did. And then once I had a plan into action, it was about me following through. Making sure that when I'm doing things that I'm being authentic to the woman that I said that I was going to be. Not lining up to what everybody else necessarily wanted me to be. So you mentioned you know, people looking at you in certain ways. Why is it that particularly again for women, you know, um, minority women that we go through things and a lot of times we don't talk about those things. People view us a certain way. So can you talk a little bit about that and what will be some tips that you can give to our listeners? Okay. So one of the reasons why I feel like, especially as a minority woman, why we don't really talk about things is that when we begin to talk, that people try to, um, what's the way, trump our stories, right? So you'll begin and you're, you're expressing how you are feeling and it's almost like they're invalidating your experience because, oh, somebody else had it worse. Oh, yeah, it's not really that bad. Oh, honey, I did that. Just pray through it, right? It's not really giving you that opportunity to... to to uh, focus it and, and kind of reflect upon, you know, what this is really happening to me. So even though it happened to you, it's really different for me. So I think one of my first tips that I would give someone who is who has experienced this is to make sure that you understand and know who you are in that situation. Know that your opinions, your thoughts, your beliefs, your experience is valid. No matter what else has happened, no matter if somebody else had it, or if it happened to them, that wasn't your experience. There are always different circumstances and different factors that are around things. So it's it's really knowing that what you feel is valuable. So that's my tip one. Know that what you're feeling is valuable. And then two, go ahead and make that list. So kind of like I did that list earlier about what people wanted versus what I wanted. Make the list of what you want. What direction are you trying to go? So I would start with those two things because that right there could could be a while. 
Yeah, you know, and that is so powerful that, and you, you know, that people try to trump, you know, your story that, you know, they try to like one up you and things like that. Do you think that it's because the person is trying to get pity, sympathy? Like, why do you think people do that? I think some people try to trump your story because they don't know how to respond to your story. So um, by nature, we do what we've always been taught, whether it was intentional or unintentional. So as a child growing up, if you were experiencing something and then your parents were like, oh, we know at least you didn't skin yourself to the white meat or at least we didn't have to go to the hospital. So in their eyes, it's like they're trying to make you feel better. But at the same time, they invalidated your experience. So growing up, we end up doing that same thing, not necessarily intentional, but we do it because that's what we've been taught. That's what we know. Um, but then, you know, you do have some malicious people that they just, yeah, <laughs> that's their thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So shifting gears just a little bit, who would you say has had the most influence in your life? And what were some of the traits that this individual or individuals have, you know, share or they, they have that has, you know, made them influential in your life? Oh, my goodness. OK, my grandmother. Um, one, because just in the time that she grew up, and it, during her lifetime, she got to see so much. So you went from, you know, from segregation to working within a school where you're kind of the only black teacher who's there. Um, and you're not even the teacher, you're the assistant teacher. And then you're like seeing your grandkids do things that are different in a different world. Just her strength, her mental state through this whole thing, the fact that she still stayed encouraging. To this very day, my grandmother has an open door policy. Everybody else locks their door. This woman's door is open. And that is like, and then she had seven kids and those kids had kids and therefore the door is still open. You know what I mean? Um, but it's seeing her strength, the fact that she went through so much in life, she relied on her faith and no matter what happened, she continued to encourage her kids, no matter what their mistakes were, no matter what um, even their celebrations were, she still encouraged them to keep going, to keep pushing forward. And she still instilled that in us, her grandkids, and instilling that now into her great grandkids. So, just her, she's huge, huge. <laughs> that's so, that's so beautiful, and it's you know, and it's amazing that you still have her in your life, and that you're able to have those conversations. You know, like what was it like, and you know, compared to now, and just keeping that going. So that's beautiful. What would you say motivates you to get up every morning? Um, so I'm a little competitive and, um, so I get up every morning. It's kind of weird, but I get up because I know the devil can't keep me down. Mm. So therefore <laughs> when I get up, it's another way of me saying, ha, you didn't get me today. Like I'm up and I'm ready. And then it's just me being able to show my girls, Hey, let's keep going. The same thing that my grandmother instilled in me. I want to be able to instill that into others. Like we can keep going. That's, that's what motivates me to get up. I love it. I love that. What would you say is one thing that you are truly grateful for? Okay. Um, I'm grateful for my faith. I'm grateful for my family. And then I'm grateful for me. The fact that I've gone through what I've gone through and I've learned from it and I continue to learn is like, it's powerful. You can't take that away from me. 
if you can go back in time and give your 18 year old self some advice, <laughs> what advice would that be? <laughs> okay. All right. 18 year old Toya, look, you are going to have some huge falls and it is not your fault. It is because you have bottled things in for so long that it was time to be released. So know that when that happens, that you're going to come out of it great and you're going to be able to influence and impact others because of your growth. That's powerful. That's powerful. If you could have coffee or dinner with a historical figure, who would that be? And what would some of those conversations, what would be some of the questions that you would ask that individual? I always wanted to, to meet Maya Angelou. Never got to meet her. Absolutely loved reading her books growing up, knowing her story that for a while she did not have a voice, so her voice came through her writing. Um, I think, oh, what was our conversation? I wouldn't even know where to start. I, well, I, I guess I do. I would, my, one of my first questions would be, how did you do it? Like, I understand that your mutism came from trauma but you also had the opportunity to talk. So trauma has that factor, but you could have at any time. What made you continue to be silent? And in that silence, what else did you learn about yourself? Now I know she's had some of these things in her interview, but like just to hear it not um, polished, but to hear it raw from her would be great. <laughs> oh, that's if you found out that you had one week left to live on earth or, you know, Jesus is coming, you need the dates, the time, how would you live your life in that last week compared to how you're currently living your life? And if you will be doing something different, what is stopping you from doing that thing now? That's a good question. Really good question. Um, what would I be doing differently? Probably nothing. And here's why. Because I know that people are watching. So if I polish myself up before his, like if I know his arrival's coming, then it's going to be, oh, she only did this because she know he's coming tomorrow. I need to know this is the life I live and I live it all the time with expectancy that he's coming tomorrow. And I would want that same thing for my girls. I'm gonna tell them, live your life. You didn't live it wrong. You, we, we have the faith. We know um, what happens next as long as we are following God. So I want you to continue to, to live that. You, I just don't know if you could just clean everything up in one week. What would that really say about yourself? I love, I love that. that. Have, do you feel that you have had your I've made it moment? And if you have not, what does that look like? What would you have to have achieved to feel that? I have not had my I made it moment. I mean, I can say that I had it with my kids because I'm three and done. So I had that moment. <laughs> but um, as far as like what I want to achieve in life, I have not made it yet. And to be honest, I don't really know what that looks like. Mm -hmm. But I know when I reach a milestone, I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, is this it? And it's like, nope, got to keep going. 
Gotta keep pushing. There's something else out there. I'm not sure what that something else is, but I'm ready to go get it. And that's awesome. And that leads us to our next question. What are you currently working on? Okay, a couple of things I'm currently working on. Um, so I'm working on putting together a workshop that'll be coming out in the fall. Um, so it's going to be around exceptional factors. My background is special education. And so I kind of pull those things about that, that I've learned there into my coaching. Um, and there's a lot that goes on within our community, especially within a minority community where they really don't understand how to manage exceptional factors and how to do that and have a healthy relationship. So there's that. And then I'm working on my youth journal. I have a self-development journal for adults, for women. Um, but I'm also making one for the youth because my daughter asked me, well, mommy, you have one. I want one. I was like, okay, let me work on that. <laughs> so those are the two things, the two projects that are that are going on right now. I love that. And then for our, you know, for our listeners and our viewers, we'll be having the information on our show notes and later on um, in the podcast. So you'll be able to connect and get that information. So the anthology that we just completed is what is fearless living? How would you say that you are living a fearless life? Okay, so you heard me talk earlier of what my real struggle was. And in the book, I talk a little bit about authenticity and the fact that I don't just write it and just talk it, honey, I live that. Me being authentic every day is how I'm choosing to live fearlessly. Tell us a little bit more about, so we know that, you know, you've written books before. Um, you're a coach, you're a wife, mother. How do you balance it? Like, what's your rhythm, you know? And what was the deciding factor to get into coaching? Okay, so the first part of that question, what's my rhythm? Um, I had to come up with not necessarily a set schedule because I will break it, um, but it's more of a structured schedule. So for example, when we get off work and the kids get home, they have their time to relax. That gives mommy time to cook. Cooking is another way for me to relax, to decompress from coming home. Um, and then, you know, we do our homework together, or we're eating, and then we have, you know, we go to church on Wednesdays and then on Sundays. So there are set things that we have in our schedule that helps us with our balance. And then my husband and I, we have our date nights and it, you know, that's always fun. <laughs> so we schedule around that. And then, yeah, that really, really helps with the balance. So not necessarily a set time, but a structured time. And then your second part, your question was, what really got me into coaching? Um, well, my, my oldest daughter has her own exceptional needs. Um, she has Dravet syndrome. So when I was going through that, I'm the first within my family to have a child who has exceptional needs. So um, that was a lot to take on, right? I had my baby at 21. It was a lot, lot to take on. And um, I think when I was going through that, I really needed somebody to talk to. And I couldn't necessarily talk to my family. And I wasn't, I did not feel that I needed um, therapy because I didn't have a problem with it. I just need to know what to do right now. I'm like, I'm in the middle, I'm in the midst, and I need somebody to talk to to help me go through it. Um, I did not have that for me. And then um, as a teacher, I saw my parents going through the same things with their children. And I'm like, you know what, you need what I needed. So let me do that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how the coaching came apart. And then when I was praying about it, God pulled that out to not just 
for families who have exceptional needs students or exceptional needs children, um, but for those who just relationships in general. Because we have those exceptional factors that tie into our relationships that make them unhealthy or broken. And that's not what God wants. He wants us to live in unity. That's beautiful how you were able to take a situation and see that there was a need, you know, especially because it was something that was personal to you and you were able to create that something that was missing. So as we get ready to wind down, what will be a movie that you will recommend to our audience and our listeners and why that particular movie? Um, okay. There's a lot of movies in my head, right? Um, okay, so let's go with more recent. I would go with Wakanda Forever. And this is why. Not necessarily because I love everybody in there because I absolutely do. Um, but because the message behind the movie. So there were some critics who kind of bashed the movie because it wasn't um, as... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't as action-impact as most superhero movies are. Um, but the fact that you saw a culture go through the grieving process and what it looked like from two different standpoints and nobody was invalidated for their feelings and you mm -hmm. saw them overcome that and then come back together as a unit, that is why I would say that movie. I haven't watched it yet. Look, but I didn't give anything away. I, di I didn't. I, I didn't. I just said why I would. Girl, my bad. Oh, no, 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 no. You're fine. That movie and I think Avatar and then Woman King. Those are some of the movies that are in my like to watch list. I haven't seen Avatar yet, but I'm good. I'm taking. Yes. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. So. What as we um second to last question as we get ready to close out, what will be a fearless tip that you can give to our audience and our listeners that they can implement today for them to start living life on their terms? Okay, fearless tip think about what are the top three things that you want to change right now in your life and figure out how to put that in a structured time. Not a set time saying I'm going to do it at 4 p.m. every day because we know life happens. Like life be life and life happens. But think about what can I do in a structured time. If I want to invest more time with my kids, then for an hour a day, somewhere in the day for an hour, I'm going to be reading with my kids. I'm going to be um, singing songs, doing dances, playing their game with them, right? So again, think about those three things. Three things you want to change in your life and figure out how you can put that into a structured time. I love that. I haven't heard that, you know, in that way before. So that's something that myself I'm going to be implementing. And where can our, you know, our viewers and our listeners learn more about you, connect with you, purchase your journal and copies of your book? Okay. All right, viewers and listeners. Um, I am on Facebook, so Dearest Family Coaching. And then my website as well is dearestfamilycoaching.com. Um, and then my journals are available on Amazon as well as the book that we all did together. So go ahead and check that out. Well, thank you very much for your time and for being with us and for saying yes to my vision and being a part of the book project. Thank you for asking.
All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Fearless Fridays with Marianne. I hope that the conversation with Latoya was impactful and motivating and empowering. Please make sure that you check out the show notes so you can connect with her. And as always, remember that you are fearless, you are fabulous, you are a priority, and you matter. Until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Fearless Fridays with Marianne. Don't forget to leave a comment, be sure to share, and subscribe so together we can continue to change lives. I'll see you on Facebook at the Fearless Living Coach page. Until next time. Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Kelly. The host of Getting Real with Bossy, the real, raw, and honest podcast about small business ownership. We created Bossy to be a safe place to ask the hard questions and to get support that's necessary. With our experience, nine businesses in over 25 years, we continue to bear it all and share what we wish we had known. We move past the must-be-nices and start getting real. Come along as we interview small business owners and get the true story. Leave with another tool for the next time you feel alone on this journey. Business ownership leads to unexpected knowledge. What are you an expert at? Tell us at Getting Real with Bossy and subscribe today.